0: Welcome to the Encounter Church podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Well, I'm excited to be sharing with you this morning. Uh, Those of you that don't know, uh, I'm Pastor Zach, and I'm honored to serve and love this community, and bring the word. Um, My wife is out of town, and my oldest daughter is out of town, and so she's ministering in Las Vegas. And so uh, thank you, John, for blessing her. And she said thanks for the prayers. And how many are excited to be here today? Just grateful for another beautiful day to gather. We are so honored to just be in the presence of the Lord uh, can I ever take it lightly that we get to experience God together? Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to be preaching from Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, this is just burning in my heart. I had a couple messages kind of stirring and uh, sometimes you know I'm just in prayer and the, and the Lord gives me some downloads and I'll write some stuff down. but I really felt this burning. so I want you to, if you would, just open your Bibles up to Ephesians chapter 2. Can we just honor all the Christians that have actual paper Bibles? lifted up high so we can see the real believers. Well, the real believers, please stand up. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if you have a device, you can go ahead and, and pull up Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to start reading in the New King James Version, um, and that is to accommodate to those that are still KJV only. Uh, we're praying for your deliverance, but we do believe in... Gleaning from different translations, but I like the New King James for the most part. Uh, Do want to honor our worship team, Melody and Jen and the team. You guys did amazing. Steve was up here on the bass just bringing it. Come on. Are you thankful for the worship leading and worship community? Come on. Listen, church, not every church has this. Can I just say that? Like you might have some good musicians. But when you have good musicians and anointing, it makes the world of a difference. I mean, it's such an honor um, to be able, and maybe I'm a little biased because it's home, you know, but I visit churches sometimes. I visited churches, and the wind that I experience on the worship right here is not the same as other places, and I don't say that to condescend other churches. I just say I don't want to take it for granted, so I honor... The worship community. I honor the well of worship uh, in this house, in this family. Come on, somebody. The well of worship. There's a deep well. Mary, man, the way you play these keys over here. I need you to come up here about halfway through so we can get down. Doom 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 doom. Come on, somebody. P- pray for me, guys. My wife's been out of town for a few days. I don't know what's gonna happen this morning. So my mom, I mean my wife, usually dresses me and I, so I I don't know. what. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. See, there, there's a point where a pastor just got to get to the Word, you know, when he starts being, you know, just get to the Word. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read uh, three verses, four verses here in the New King James. You all ready? Yeah. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers. Notice it doesn't say you are no longer strange. Some of y'all are still strange, but you're not strangers, amen, and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your people. Uh, We're so, so excited about what you're doing in our midst. It's real. And we just get on this gospel train. We get on the movement uh, that you have birthed in and through us because of Jesus and because there is a world that needs to hear the gospel. And so we're excited, and we thank you for your word this morning. We open up our hearts. How many can say that with me? Say, I open up my heart. I want to hear what the Spirit's saying. Thank you for revelation and transformation and encouragement. Lord, just encourage your people with the substance of heaven from your word. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about three things that I see in the text. I, you know, I, I have to tell you this: when I, we first came, I'm like, I didn't move across the country to preach three points in a poem. In the last three Sundays, I have three points, but no poem. So <laughs> I didn't lie. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you three things that I see in this text, and um, and just share my heart with you. I feel like this is just good stuff for us to chew on um as the body of Christ but also I think it's relevant to where we are and like what God is doing um and so we're going to dive into this and um uh, you know so I I I don't know a lot of you may not know my full testimony history which I'm not going to get into all of it now um but I was not raised in the church and I got saved I was born again when I was 17 Um, And God radically transformed my life. He broke addictions off of me. And immediately I felt called into the ministry. Now, um, probably a couple years ago, I did like a Facebook status. And and it was sharing my testimony. A lot of people don't know this. But just to give you a little little snapshot, I was held back when I was uh, in second grade. I got held back. I was tested for learning disabilities. I did not graduate high school. Um, I hope you guys still like me. <laughs> but I I was uh, uh, I read at a first grade level when I tried to read the Bible when I was 18 years old after I got born again. Um, I'll never forget the first time. I, the first time. This is horrible. The first time I read the scripture out loud in a Bible study, I mispronounced Gentile. And it was something about God loves the genitals or something. And everyone's laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? What did I say? That was wrong. (laughs) So how many know that we all have some embarrassing moments, right? Um, And and so God has done some amazing things. I I went from, uh, you know, working in a gym to working in a resort, to being self-employed where my income just kept doubling and doubling and tripling and quadrupling. God blessed me, there was favor. Within a very short period of time, I went from reading from a first grade level to you know beyond and and I grew in my ability to comprehend my scripture memorization and it's all by the grace of God. And, uh, and it, it's amazing to me when I think about where I've come from, where I'm headed. I haven't quite arrived, of course, you know, like I have a long way to go and grow, as do we all, amen? But I think about the things that happened in my life uh, that unfolded a purpose. have you ever felt like, and, and I don't think anyone here would not raise their hand, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'm sure all of us can resonate with the fact that sometimes we feel like we're missing our purpose. Like, what was I... Made for. What makes my heart beat? What makes me come alive? And sometimes we feel like we have no purpose. And it, it magnifies when the world around us it seems very purposeless, right? And uh, and I remember I'm not going to tell you a bunch of stories about this, but I remember falling in love with my wife, and of course she's been out of town, so my heart is kind of missing her, and so I'm thinking about these things and you know, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? And uh, I remember falling in love with my wife and this was over 21 years ago. We've been married 21 years and uh, we'll be together 22 years uh, February of this coming year on February 14th, Valentine's Day. Come on, that was like our first official date. And uh, yes, I kissed her on that date. Amen. Uh, you got to live your life boldly, gentlemen. If you want the prize, come on. He finds, wife, finds a wife, finds a good thing, obtains favor from the Lord. I saw the treasure she was, and I went after it. All right, never mind, you guys. You either don't love your wives, or you young men, you know, you don't get it. You'll get it someday, but she's the prize. You're not. Okay, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're valuable, too, Sometimes. But you well bow to the queen, trust me. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) my bad. I'm just playing. I'm not, (laughs) everybody knows who's in charge. Come on. Everyone really knows that I'm an alpha, alpha male and my wife is, you know. Okay, anyways. I remember a moment where we're at the mall. That was always a good place to kind of go on a date, walk around, shop, hang out. You're in a public place. So you can't get in trouble and make out somewhere, right? Um, and uh, advice to the young people. And I, I remember sitting. I remember this moment so powerfully. I was sitting in the food court, and I was drinking some tea. You ever have moments in your life where time slows down? And and in these moments, like the Lord, before I tell you what happened, the Lord. Causes, hear me. Purpose to unveil within our hearts and before us, and I want to show you three progressive things that I see in this text about our purpose. That's a progressive purpose that we grow into and that we learn to live in. But I remember sitting in the food court at this mall in Las Vegas, drinking some tea, and I looked at at Rochelle, and we're falling in love. And I told her, I said, "You make me want to live." you make me come alive. And how many know that love truly does that? Come on. How many know the love of God makes us come alive? Amen. You know, and, the, and, and I began to feel a little more alive in my purpose. Like I've always, always wanted to get married, you know, and then, and then we have kids, and then we have one kid, and it's wonderful, and then we have another one, and it's wonderful, and we think nothing else could compare to this. Then we have another one, and another one, another one, another one, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And then we have five. now we have five, right? Now you know how to pray for me. And I actually have three teenagers. We sometimes call them the unholy trinity. Just joking. We love our kids. They're amazing. But we, we grew as a family. And then we plan a church in the process of learning what love is, what relationship, marriage, all this stuff, family, having kids, the messiness of life. And then we plant a church and then we're like, wow, I never realized that spirit could actually be thicker than blood. Like I love my wife and my kids, but I realize, like, whoa, this is family too. There's a depth to the relationships that we have in Christ that, that go beyond our comprehension of what it means to know and be known. And I'll give you an example, and I've said this before, but many of you have experienced this where you hang out with somebody you haven't known that long and you feel like you've known them your whole life. Why? Because the Spirit of God dwells in them just like the Spirit of God dwells in you. And there is a purpose, an unfolding purpose uh, that happens. And now it's like everything, family's everything to me. I love my wife, my kids. The family of God is everything to me. And ministry flows and overflows out of that. And I want to share with you three things. Number one, say this with me. Say, we are family. family. Some of you want to sing the song, don't you? We are family. Come on. Hey, I forgot the words. We are family. That was spontaneous, guys. Okay, it was pretty good for spontaneous, right? We are family. Like the church is not a business. The church is not a corporation. The church, although we do business-like things to be excellent, that's not what I'm saying. We are family. Amen. We are not an organization. Right. We are a life-giving community. And the first part I see in, the, in this text here, and this is what Paul says, we are fellow citizens with the saints. First of all, let me encourage you. And I, I got a message I'm gonna be preaching about uh, myth-busting. And one of the myths that I wanna bust is that you're a sinner. That's a myth. You're a saint. Paul says we... Technical difficulties will not hinder the flow of my message. I have no idea what I was saying, but okay, no, I remember. We are fellow citizens with the saints, and here's what he says. We're members of the household of God. Do you know what that actually means? We're family. Yeah. That's right. We're family. Um, I was, uh, last night, we were having dinner, and when my wife's gone and Sarah's gone, I'll send them little videos, you know, of, like the kids or whatever, and we're having dinner last night. And uh, I decided to film, we're praying over the meal, and I just recorded. And then I'm like, hey, guys, say hi to uh, Rochelle. And then something happened, and I'm like, i got to play this video. It's a really short video. So I want you to watch this real quick. This is a moment at the Wexler's table. Are you all ready? Go ahead and just play it up here if you would, real quick. Jesus, we thank you for this food. We bless it right now in Jesus' name, and bless Mommy and Sarah and church tomorrow. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Guys, Amen. say hi to Mom. Sarah, hi, Mom and Dad. Hi, Mommy and Daddy. Everybody see what happened? What, what was that? Layla? Oh. Oops. Oops. <laughs> it was so funny, when we were I was actually, uh, I grabbed the video, and I'm like, I'm going to play this tomorrow. Layla was like, she thought she was a movie star, and she's laughing because she spilled pasta sauce on mommy's, I don't know if herself's watching, we got the stain out, honey, don't worry, on mommy's tan chairs, and I thought it was funny because in the midst of such a wonderful moment, sometimes messes can be made, right? What a lesson. Like, family is family, even in the midst of sibling rivalry. Like, sometimes we are a part of church and there's a little contention or this or that and disagreement, but it doesn't mean we're not family. That's right. It doesn't mean, and and being Christians doesn't mean we're not going to go through messes. It doesn't mean we're not going to go through times where we can choose to be offended or choose not to be offended. Hello? where we have to choose to walk in forgiveness and love and choose to stick it out through hard times. I love John 13 where it's, it's talking about Jesus before he goes to the cross and they're in the upper room and he's about to wash their feet and the author says he loved them, Jesus loved them until the end. I want to love family until the end. And I want you to get this, that Paul is communicating something in the scripture here. He's saying, we're family. Now, this is not a revelation where we just, oh, okay, yeah, we're family. Because most of us, in one sense or another, there's dysfunction in our families and marriages and relationships. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we've got to understand that we are still learning what it means to be family. Even in the midst of messes even in the midst of stuff happening in church. I I love, uh, just before this, Paul says something. I have to read it to you in the Passion Translation because it's it's not only powerful, but it's actually encouraging and befitting for the time that we're in right now in the world. Ephesians 2, verses 14 through 18. Listen to this. Jesus is our reconciling peace. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. Look at this. By dying as our sacrifice, he's broken down every wall of prejudice. Amen. That's right. The prejudice that has separated us, and now he's made us equal through our union with Christ. Now look at verse 15. This is profound. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross oh man, if we still have any of these things in our hearts or minds, we've got to look at the cross and realize what Jesus has accomplished. And another thing is, here's what it says, the two have become one. It says his triune essence, let me back up, the legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His triune essence has made peace between us By starting over, forming one new race of humanity. You see, the problem is we believe we're divided, therefore we become divided. Hello? Well, there's 27, 42 million denominations. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm doing that on purpose because we're always like, uh, you know, making it such a big deal that there's so many denominations, which I don't like denominationalism, but I'm not afraid of denominations because God can still use us in our facets of how we express and love him. Like what if God wanted to use the different, the 40 plus thousand denominations, if that's what it is, what if God wanted to use that to reach different facets of communities and people groups and cultures? Hello? But we're so negative about things. So if we think we're divided, we become divided. If we think there's a bunch of different races, then we're going to become different races. But the Bible says there's one race. It's the human race. Now, there's different ethnics. There's different ethnos, different cultures and people groups. But in Jesus, we're one. And we're all included. And in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor barbarian nor Scythian. We are all one in him. Come on. And the ground before the cross is flat. We're family. The Bible says that he has formed one new race, Jews and non-Jews fused together. The two have become one. We live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ through his crucifixion. Hatred died. Oh, man, I love that. You think about the wrath that was pouring out on Jesus, not God's wrath, our wrath. Read through the Scripture Over and over and over, he was turned over to angry mob, to be crucified. Through the crucifixion, Jesus took all of that on, went into our darkness. Through his crucifixion, hatred died. Wow. It has no place in family. Think about that. Hatred has no place in family. God, teach us your heart that we're family. Amen. Yeah. Goes on and says, for the Messiah has come to preach the sweet message of peace to you, the ones who were distant and those who are near. And now, this is good, because we are united to Christ, we both have equal direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. Catch this. We partake of the same Love that the triune God shares with us. That's how we can learn to love and be one without the loss of our distinction. Unity in diversity. It's as if we're dancing to the rhythm of God's heartbeat. Even in the midst of chaos and confusion and pain. Just so you know, I've already put together a winter playlist for Rochester. When the time is dark and it's cold outside, I put together a winter playlist. Some of you are thinking, oh, it's going to be worship. No, it's Irish music. Because it's so happy, and every time I play it, my kids start dancing around the house. And joy breaks out. What would you do? Oh, sorry. No, I probably shouldn't (laughs) sing that in church. Listen, we dance to the rhythm of God's love and joy in community. And we share it with one another. Christians should be the happiest people on the planet. We need to get joy and the shout back in the church. We're so dang somber and religious, man. We, it sucks the joy right out of the room. But the Bible says that God, we partake of his divine nature, the same love, joy, and communion that the Father has with the Son, the Son has with the Spirit, the Spirit has with the Father, and so on, that dance, that triune, that perichoresis, man. We partake of that same love with one another so we can dance together. Come on, somebody we got to unlearn that thing that we sometimes have, though that CRD, right? Caucasian Rhythmic Disorder. <laughs> My man. Come on, somebody. See, I'm not white, so I can say that, you know. I make fun of y'all. No, I'm just... <laughs> how many know, though, there, there is a real sense of that. Sometimes we don't hear the rhythm, so we don't know how to step into the flow of the rhythm. Good. But if you listen and you hear God's heart, And you hear how much he loves you. Man, it's easy. Relationships become much easier. Even when there's chaos, we learn to love and forgive. And it's powerful. Amen. Amen. Number two, the other thing I see in here is the church is a spiritual building. Wow. We've heard so many times, church isn't a building. Well, yes, true. But also untrue. Because it is a spiritual building. We're so programmed to be anti-gathering or assembly in some sense because maybe the church isn't evangelizing the way it should be. Listen, I've been there. Maybe the church isn't evangelizing the way it should be. But we have this thing, the church isn't a building, the church does not And then we say something also, and I've seen entire sermon series, I am the church. No, you're not. We are the church. You see, the progressive unfolding of purpose starts with that we are family and then we are the church and the church is a spiritual building. Paul even says this to the church of Corinth. He says, you are God's field. You are God's building. You're a spiritual building. We're living stones built together. And this is profound to me because I think sometimes we don't realize why. It's not just so we could be filled corporately with God's Spirit, but also so we could be a growing temple that becomes a refuge to the world. You see, even in the concept of how we reach people, we want to win the lost, but then we don't really have a sense of family that they can come into. And this is the reality that the church is a building, spiritually speaking. The church, I want you to say this, say, we are the church. I'll never forget, I'm going to read a scripture in 1 Samuel in just a second, but I, I, I remember I was at an A&W root beer and I was ordering something and I walked over to get a drink and at the fountain and I saw this guy had a, a, a witness wear shirt. You all know what witness wear is, right? And it's like, you know, who remembers the shirt, Jesus bench pressed the sin of the world. You guys ever remember that one? Am I that old? I don't understand what. It was very popular. I don't. How many have ever seen anyone wear a Christian T-shirt? Yeah. Okay. So this guy was wearing some sort of scripture or something. I'm like, hey, cool shirt, man. I'm like, so where do you go to church? He's like, I am the church. Just straight Jesus juke me, man. Like you guys know what a Jesus juke is, right? Like a juke in football. And he, this guy just decided to religiously condescend me. He knew what I meant. So I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that, sir. I said, where do you fellowship? He's like, right here with you. And I'm like, I don't even know you, bro. I don't fellowship with you. I'm trying to get a, a, a root beer. <laughs> but I'll never forget this because it made me think. And I'm like, why do people say that? I am the church. And I could hear the Spirit of God say, we're not the church alone, we're the church together. Right. Sometimes we become so individualistic that our very destiny is all about us, but our destiny is actually connected to one another. Why? Because we all play a part in this thing, and God is fitly framing us together. He's building us together. The temple is growing. I want you to look back at what we read in verse 20. It says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Verse 21, that we are a spiritual house in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. Why is it a holy temple of the Lord? Because he wants to make us a refuge for a broken and a hurting world. But we can't do it alone. We do it together. Can you say amen? First Samuel 22, 1 and 2 says, So David got away and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and others associated with his family heard where he was, they came down and joined him. Not only that, but all who were down on their luck came around, losers and vagrants and misfits of all sorts. David became their leader, and there were about 400 in all. You know, this is right after David gets anointed, then Saul, I mean, can you imagine he has this ordination service, and then he's running for his life, and he's in a cave with a bunch of people that are broken and discontent and in debt. But isn't that what ministry is about sometimes? Remember last week we talked about Jesus feeding uh, the 5,000 and he chose to use the disciples and the disciples wanted to send them away and Jesus says, no, you feed them. There is a hungry world out there and it's our responsibility to feed them the love of God. That's right. And as we understand this reality that we are a spiritual building, the church is a building spiritually. We understand that it's to be a refuge for the broken. We are the people of God. and we got to keep our hearts open to the hungry. we got to keep our hearts open to those that want to come in the refuge, the place of refuge that we can love. And then we can see made whole. We love them right where they're at. So they become who they're supposed to be. We tell them you belong before you believe. Come on. We become a representation of the arms of the father to them coming home as a prodigal son and daughter. I'm preaching way better than you're responding, but the Lord still loves you in the name of the father, son, and the Holy ghost. How many know that Paul uses this language, the temple grows, like the temple grows because God's building a house. And why is he building a house? Because he has a family. And why is he building? Why is he doing this? Because he wants to bring people that are lost into this family. Come on. He's already adopted them according to his heart. They're already included and they just don't know it yet. And we should be the open arms of the father. Welcome home into the spiritual house where we experience the love of God and we experience what family really is and we learn how to do relationships the right way. Come on, we should be shining. We should have the strongest marriages. And let me squash something right here. I've heard this said, and it's negative. People say, well, the divorce rate in the church is the same divorce rate in the world. That is absolutely wrong. Do you know that church-going Christians, the divorce rate in the world is something over 50%, I don't know the exact statistic, and who knows about statistics because 72% of all statistics are erroneous. Okay, anyways, I just made that up. But some statistics say that over 50% of people end up in divorce. Do you know that church going Christians, it's somewhere around 15%? So don't tell me the divorce rate in the church is the same way, same in the world. We should be exemplifying what covenant looks like. Come on, we should be expressing what love looks like. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, one of the, the most profound things I think that we experience in, in this reality that we're a spiritual building is that we begin to see the treasure that we are to one another. Like, this is what honor really is. Honor is having your heart influenced by love, the love of God in such a way that you see the value and the weight that somebody is. I want you to do me a favor and just look at someone nearby and say, it's better when you're here. Have, you, have, you, have we ever felt like, I don't know about you, but when I think about this This is what I feel like. I feel like sometimes there's... I I don't like puzzles. Who's with me? Who hates puzzles? Who loves puzzles? I don't like you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I love you. We're family, remember? I remember the last point. Puzzles irritate me. Have you ever felt like you're that piece that just doesn't match? That one piece. Can't find where it goes. But this is the beauty of honor that it's better when you're here because you have intrinsic value. And now here's the the catch. Before we go to the next point, sometimes when we come to church and we're part of a community, go ahead and put that slide up. It's this right here. Tell me what you think this looks like here. Legos. What is it? It's just Legos. Do you know that in the Greek, actually, the term fitted together One of the root compound words is Lego. Interesting. It's the truth. Look it up. But this is a bunch of Legos that are just piled together. This is a, hear me, gathering of Legos. Oh, we love gatherings, don't we? We're going to have another gathering. We're going to have a meeting about another meeting because we're going to have a board meeting. We're going to have a meeting about that meeting. Then we're going to have a staff meeting about the primary leader meeting and then the secondary leader meeting. We love gatherings, right? And we love potlucks. Come on, somebody. Woo, glory. I'm still trying to lose this quarantine weight. The other day, we're hanging out, and I'm like, I could lose about 20 pounds. And a brother's like, actually, you could probably lose about 35. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. And, And I didn't take it personal. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, bro. Walk in forgiveness. And I'm like, Later, he's like, I really didn't mean that. I'm like, bro, it's all good. It's all good. You're skinny. I'm not. No. I didn't." But we love gatherings, right? We love potlucks. We love gatherings. But this is a gathering of Legos. But what we need to learn is that God just doesn't want us to gather. He wants to fitly frame us together. He wants to build a house. He wants an assembly. Go ahead and go to the next slide. This is actually a house that some guy built out of Legos. <laughs> now, he put real windows and stuff in there. But that's what God wants to do is take the pieces and put them together. He does that with our life, and then he does that in community. Come on. Yes. That's a good word. Yes. We are a spiritual building. Lastly, the other thing that I see, I want to I read uh, The last part of this text that we've been reading, verse 22, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Wow. Number three, we are, as the church, we are full of glory. We're glorious. We should be shining. We should be resilient, we should be, shining the love and the light of God. You know, in Isaiah 6, the angels are declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is an encounter Isaiah has with the Lord. He hears the angels crying to one another. And then the angels say something, sometimes we miss, the angels say the whole earth is full of his glory. Doesn't the Bible even say that, it doesn't say that the, the glory will flood the earth as the waters cover the sea, says the knowledge of the glory in other words the whole earth is already full of his glory and we just don't know it and if the earth is full of glory how much more are you full of glory made in the image of god we're a dwelling place for god in the spirit we carry the very glory the very residing presence of the father son and holy ghost we're complete in him who's the head of all principality and power church don't forget who you are We're not just a gathering, we're an assembly, we're a spiritual house, we're family, but we were made for glory, and we are made to carry the presence of the Lord, and He's with us, not just individually, but corporately. I want to read Ephesians chapter 1, just a couple verses in the message. All this energy issues from Christ, God raised Him from death and set Him on a throne deep in heaven in charge of running the universe. He's preeminent. Everything from galaxies to governments. This is a good reminder for us that we first bow to Jesus before we honor a flag as the, as the citizens of the nation. Amen. And don't get me wrong, I'm, not, I, 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 I'm thankful for the freedom we have in our country. But don't forget that we identify as a citizen of heaven before, and we prioritize that before we identify as a citizen of a country amen it's always a good reminder because jesus is the king of all kings no name and no power is exempt from his rule and not just for the time being but forever he's in charge of it all he has the final word on everything at the center of this christ rules the church say that christ rules the church The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Wow. The church shouldn't be revolving around the world. The world should be revolving around the church. The church should be displaying this glory of God that causes them to see Jesus the desire of the nations and I pray in closing that we would expect you can come up says an increase of this reality when we come together that we are we are literally anticipating God's inevitable increase of his presence that we are full of glory we are full of the presence of and we should, we should pray for an increase of that. We should be praying that when we have discipleship gatherings, when we are doing evangelism, when we meet together with family, yes. on a date night, with a brother or sister, on Sunday morning, that we pray for an increase of the reality that God is with us, that we're family, that we're a spiritual house, and that we... Are carriers of His presence and His glory, and if we turn our hearts to His presence, an increase comes, a greater glory, from glory to glory, where the presence of the Lord is not tolerated, but it is celebrated. You will never, and if if this happens, you have permission to smack me across the face. I'm serious, brothers. Hold me accountable. Man, the two strongest guys in the room said, got you. And just sit down, all right, just sit down. You will never hear me express or see me express disdain for the manifest presence of God. I will never, I, I, I'm telling you, I will not compromise. It's, it's not worth being offended at the Holy Spirit It's not worth watering down and and trying to make something more appeasing to someone who doesn't understand the mystery of the presence of God in our midst. This is why Paul says when you're coming together, prophesy. Don't just do one thing. Don't just pray in tongues, but interpret it. Prophesy because they will fall on their face and say God is truly among you if there's an unbeliever. And I don't say that just from a perspective of being in a gathering where there's unbelievers present. But in general, as the people of God, we should prioritize the presence of God and never just tolerate what the Holy Spirit does, the gifts that he gives us. I think there are entire denominations that are offended at the Holy Spirit. That's why they're dying. I think there are movements that are offended at the Holy Spirit. That's why they're dwindling. And I think there are movements that are thriving because they're open to what the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is actually God, pours out to us on a daily, on a moment-by-moment basis. We need Him. We need His presence. We are a dwelling place for God's Spirit, and we're full of His glory. And we can't expect to shine and be peripheral to the world or the world peripheral to the church. We can't expect the world to see the glory that resides upon us if we are tolerating his presence. Can you say amen? amen? We're made for glory. We're the temple, Hello. the temple of the Holy Spirit. I want us to, as we close, I want to pray with you. Um, it's ten forty, so I want to dismiss you very quickly. We're gonna have our ministry team come up, but can we, as a people, just turn our hearts to the presence of God? And maybe there's things uh, that have happened in any, any of these points, you know, whether it's the family thing or the being assembled versus being a gathering, or, or maybe the way that we, uh, the way that we look at the, the Spirit of God moving in our midst, I think it's important that if there is any of those offenses or unforgiveness or anything, let's just let the walls come down. If there's prejudice, if there's, let's let the walls come down. Let's forgive and let's not be offended at the Spirit. Let's be open and turn our hearts to Him and say, Lord, whatever you have for us, we're available. How many are with me? Let's lift our hands together. Actually, I'm going to ask you to stand up if you would. Let's stand up together. And can we just in an attitude of reverence right now, lift our voices and just thank God for His presence. Just say it out loud. Say, Lord, thank you for your presence Come on, pray in the spirit and pray with understanding. Just lift your voices and and just thank him what you're doing right now. We're not ashamed. We're not afraid. We're we're not scared of what's going to happen. We are so trusting in you and we need... An encounter with you and we thank you that we are family we thank you that we're a spiritual building that you're fitly framing together and we thank you that we were made for your glorious presence so we receive these things now we turn our hearts to you right now and we declare a greater explosion lord stir up an anticipation in our hearts to experience your love when we come together To experience your presence as we come together. Come on. Say this with me. Say, I anticipate the inevitable increase of his glorious presence, his glorious love. We are family. We're a refuge for the broken. Knit our hearts together and fill us with glory. Fill us with glory. Come on, say it one more time. Fill me with glory. In Jesus' name. There are businessmen. There are people on the, on the job, in the workplace, that are going to be so full of the glory of God that people are like, man, what is it about you? You are full of glory. Evangelism is so much easier when we just shine and use a few words. we don't have to strive we don't have to strive we just yield our hearts to his love and his love just overflows be who you were created to be in God because you were made for glory I bless you church Hi Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester New York hope you were blessed by that message and we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.